Bibles, if you will, turn with me to Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2, verse number 13 will be where we begin. Last week we looked at a passage of scripture where a paralyzed man was seeking out Jesus. He had his friends were bringing him to the house where Jesus was and uh, got more than he really asked for. He was just wanting to be physically healed, but Jesus Christ gave him a spiritual healing. And this morning we continue where we left off as uh, in verse number 13 we'll pick up and we're going to see where Jesus will call another disciple but the point of the message I want to get across this morning is that Jesus makes things new and we'll begin reading in Matthew, or Mark, I'm sorry, Mark chapter number 2 verse number 13 if you're able I'll ask that you stand as we honor the reading of God's word Mark chapter number 2 Beginning with verse number 13. And the word of God says, Mark chapter 2, verse number 13. And he went forth again by the seaside, and all the multitude resorted unto him, and he taught them. And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the receipt of custom, and said unto him, Follow me. And he arose and followed him. And it came to pass that as Jesus sat at meat in his house, Many publicans and sinners sat also together with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many, and they followed him. And when the scribes and Pharisees saw him eat with publicans and sinners, they said unto his disciples, How is it that he eateth and drinketh with publicans and sinners? When Jesus heard it, he saith unto them, They that are whole have no need of the physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And the disciples of John and of the Pharisees used to fast, and they come and say unto him, Why do the disciples of John and of the Pharisees fast, but thy disciples fast not? And Jesus said unto them, Can the children of the bride chamber fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken away from them, and then in those or then shall they fast in those days. No man also soweth a piece of new cloth on an old garment, else the new piece that filleth it up taketh away from the old, and the rent is made worse. And no man putteth new wine into the old bottles, else the new wine doth burst the bottles, and the wine is spilled, and the bottles will be marred, but new wine must be put into new bottles. Let's pray. Father, once again, thank you for your word. And Lord, as we look into your word, please help us to understand, Lord, that you have made us new. Lord God, I pray that you would give me the words to say, Lord, that you may be glorified, that your word be uh, made known throughout all the people that are here. And so, Father, we ask that you bless the reading of your word. Lord God, bless the preaching of your word. Give me the words to say. Lord, as I preach to a dying man, as a dying man to dying people. Lord God, help us to understand. Open up our hearts and our minds to do just that. And Lord, if there's one among us that is lost, 
and in need of a Savior. Father, break their heart, convict them of their sin, and save them this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Of course, as I said last time we left off, it was Jesus uh, who had these four men carry this this poor, paralyzed man to him. As he got to the house where Jesus was, the crowd was so large and people couldn't get into this house. So what did they do? They did the next best thing. Rather than walk through the door, they climb up on the roof of the house and tear the roof off the place. That's how persistent they were in trying to get their helpless friend to the one that could help them, uh, to, that, to the one that could help him and him alone, and that was Jesus Christ. And so they got into Jesus. They tore the roof off. They lowered him down. And Jesus did something they were not expecting. They knew Jesus had the power to heal. That's what they were expecting. But when they got there, they found out that Jesus not only has the power to heal, but he has the power to forgive sins. He has the power to make whole. He has the power to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that's just what that man found. What a wonderful day that was for that man. Now, see, as that continue, as that happens, he, uh, you know, all this uh, commotion was going on, and then finally Jesus, he has to leave. He's he's got to get to another place. He's he's got stuff to do. He's got people to preach to. He's got souls to save. So he leaves the house, and it says we pick up in our text that he goes by the seaside. He's out by the sea, and and perhaps there's many people fishing, and he calls these disciples to him, and he calls uh, this multitude of people to him, and he begins to teach them, he says. And it's here that he meets Levi. Levi finds that Jesus is just what he was needing in his life. He finds that Jesus could make him new. This morning, what the world needs is not reconstruction. You turn on TV, we don't need repairs done to the country. We need the members and citizens of this country to be new people. That's the only hope we have in this life, in this country, and throughout the world. People want to talk about world peace. There's only one way to peace, and that is through Jesus Christ and Him alone. It's not going to come through some type of legislation or litigation. It will only come through a new birth when Jesus Christ makes us new. Matthew found that out. And this morning we're going to find, uh, Levi found that out, who later we will find becomes Matthew. And he found that out. This morning I want us to realize that Jesus makes things new. And we'll see just that he makes things new by the three points to make. Number one, he makes things new, and we see this through the calling of Levi. Look at verse number 13. He, he talks about he goes and he, 
by the seaside, and the multitudes resorted unto him, and, and it says that he taught them. Now, just as he's teaching by the seaside, listen, Jesus had a multitude of people following him. He had his uh, disciples that he was calling that, that he would make uh, into his apostles. But before he calls his apostles, he's got all these groups, all these people that are coming to him. And then we'll find in chapter 3 that of all these people that are following him, he chooses out 12 to be his or to be his apostles. And so in our text, we have this multitude that's following him. And so he needs a bigger place to preach. He needs a bigger place to teach. He needs a place where he can go and he can sit and he can, and he can say with a, a loud, booming voice to teach people to hear and understand what he's got to say. And no doubt as he's teaching them, he's teaching them these people things concerning the gospel of the kingdom of God. That's how he began his ministry. That's how he ended his ministry. Going out and proclaiming the gospel of Christ. Going out and telling them that you need what we're going to find out here. You need to be made new. So this multitude is there and they're following him. They're, and he's teaching them and as he's passing by, it says in verse number 14, it says, He saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, and it says he was sitting at the sitting at the receipt of custom. Levi was a tax collector. Now, give you a little bit of background. Just keep it on the on the surface level though. Tax collectors were some of the most hated people in Israel. The reason for that? Because they were Jews that had sold their souls out to a foreign government known as the Roman Empire. And all they did, and the reason they did that, was for the almighty dollar. There was money to be made in tax collecting. Say, well, how's that? There was two types of tax collectors. There was those that specialized in the general taxes, you know, somewhat kind of like what we would consider uh, state, you know, local taxes. But then there were those that specialized more in specialized taxes, like uh, road tax, uh, things of that nature, even fishing taxes. And now, as they were, these people were at to pay these taxes. The tax collector could charge these people whatever amount they saw fit as long as the Roman Empire got what they wanted. Now, if the tax for the Roman Empire was $10 on something, the tax collectors could charge $15 on something and pocket that five. It's interesting. Even back then, taxation was theft. Things haven't changed. That's just what the tax collectors did. And it was a wealthy, booming empire in that. They could get rich, and we'll see that that's just perhaps what happened with Matthew or Levi as we see that he's got a, enough room in his house to seat all these people. So he could charge more than what was required as long as he got, as long as Rome got what they wanted. And so he was out here and he was and he has been robbing people blind his entire career. So Levi sits out here and he's sitting by the receipt of custom. This is his job. 
He's by the seaside. It's a well-traveled area. People would have known who Levi was. This was a place that a lot of people went by day after day. They would have seen him over and over again, knowing in their hearts what they believed, that this man was scum of the earth. He had sold his soul out to Rome. He had given uh, his self to Rome, and he had given his countrymen over to Rome. He was hated and despised. And it's on this day that Jesus came by. And Jesus walks by and simply says to him, follow me. Follow me. This would have been a shock to a lot of the people that were there because, after all, Jesus is a Jew. What's he doing calling for a tax collector, scum of the earth, to follow him? A man of God, a prophet sent from God. Why is he uh, talking to this tax collector? Aren't you glad Christ's opinion of you doesn't depend on the opinion of others? So it says in our text, he arose and followed him. Luke's account of this story in Luke chapter 5 verse 28 says that he left everything. What's important in this life? Nothing is as important as following Jesus Christ. John, or Levi would have been familiar with Jesus. Because G, Matthew, G, uh, Levi would become Matthew. Matthew was one of his 12 apostles. And we're told in the book of Acts chapter uh, 2 that the uh, apostles were those that had began with the baptism of John. Matthew or Levi would have been baptized by John the Baptist in the river Jordan. So he would have heard the preaching about Jesus Christ. He would have known that, that John declared unto them, uh, Look, it's the Lamb of God. Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. So he would have been familiar with them, with Jesus Christ. So when Jesus said, Follow me, he knew exactly who he was, and there was nothing else that he needed more. There was nothing else that he desired more than to follow after Jesus Christ. So he followed him. This day is people are following parade after parade. I ask you this, who are you following this morning? You following Jesus Christ? Hey, I like plastic beads. But plastic beads will not get your sorry carcass into heaven. It's only through Jesus Christ. He is the most important thing. Matthew left everything to follow Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ looked and he didn't see a despicable, wretched tax collector. He saw a human being made in the image of God. And this human being made in the image of God was trapped and in bondage to a sinful lifestyle. It needed to be set free. And the only way he could be set free was through Jesus Christ. Do you love material gain? Or do you love Jesus Christ? His name's Levi. Levi being named after the priestly tribe. This priestly tribe 
or I'm sorry, Levi, who's named after this priestly tribe, is sold out to the Roman government, thieving, stealing from his fellow men, fellow countrymen. And after his calling, he's no longer referred to as Levi, he's referred to as Matthew. You know what the word Matthew means? The word Matthew means a gift from Jehovah. No longer is he taking. He's been called to be a disciple, an apostle of Jesus Christ. No longer is he taking. But now Jesus commissions will commission him to go and give. To go and preach. To go and proclaim the everlasting gospel that is the only gospel that can save souls. Listen. Matthew has spent perhaps his entire adult life following after money and financial gain. Taking from those that he grew up with. Taking from those that he would have went to synagogue with as a child. He has been changed. He's no longer that old person. He is a new creature in Christ Jesus. He goes from a taker to a giver. As we look at verse number 15, it says, And it came to pass that as Jesus sat at meat in his house, many publicans and sinners sat also together with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many, and they followed him. Luke's account of this story tells that there was a great feast going on. In other words, here's what happened. Matthew was called by Christ, recognized that this man sent from God, the Christ, the Messiah, and taken pity on him. Think about that. We're going to see about the religious rulers. They had no pity on the tax collectors. They had no pity on those that they saw as less desirable. More than nothing to do with them. But here's Jesus, a man sent from God, doing all sorts of miracles. They would later find that he is the Messiah sent from God, the, the Christ to take away the sins of the world, the Son of God. And they would come and they would see him taking pity and having compassion. And so what does Matthew do? He throws a banquet in his house to honor Christ. Last week we looked at when Jesus was in the house. As he was in the house in our text, verses 1 through 12 from last week, we saw that he was preaching and he was welcome into this house. In Matthew, again, we see where Jesus Christ, after he's made a difference, is welcome into his house. 
Is Jesus Christ welcome in your house? Has He, listen, has He changed you and transformed you? That's what happened to Levi. No longer is he a a wretched tax collector. He he just gave all that up. Now, he's Levi, or he's Matthew, a giver. And he's given over his house at this moment to Jesus. Why? Matthew, Levi, whatever we want to call him at this point. Because of his lifestyle, because of who he was, had many friends that were just like him. Says in verse 15, many publicans and sinners sat also together with Jesus and his disciples. For there were many, and they followed him. You know what was important to Math to Levi. First of all, he wanted to honor Christ. That's the first thing we should want to do when Jesus Christ makes us into new creatures. To honor Him, to glorify Him, to exalt Him. But then the second thing we want to do is we want to make it known to the world that Jesus Christ can forgive. That Jesus Christ can save. That Jesus Christ isn't some 12-step program, but that Jesus Christ makes things new. And if you follow Him, and when I say follow Him, I'm not talking about following Him while you're looking back at your old life. There's so many people that do that. That's not following Christ. Jesus said if you put your hand in the plow and look back, you're not fit to be my disciple. Many people want to glory and revel in their past. I can remember hearing a a person talk about all the fun that he had before he got saved. Anybody that's a Christian ought to know there's no fun before you get saved. The joy that Jesus Christ brings is eternal. Whatever sin brings you is only temporary. And Matthew wanted his buddies, his pals, his friends, these publicans and other sinners, not just to experience some, what we might call turning over of a new leaf. You've heard that expression? Funny thing, if you turn over a new leaf, you know what you got? You got the same leaf. Exactly. We need to be a new leaf. We need to be a new creature in Christ Jesus. And that's what Jesus Christ brings. And that's what he brought to Matthew. He brought and made something new. Isn't it good? Isn't it heartwarming? Isn't it joyous to know that Jesus accepts the rejects? 
Here we have a publican, a tax collector. Look in verse number 16. You see just how the religious people looked at the publicans and sinners. He says in verse 16, And when the scribes and Pharisees saw him eat with publicans and sinners, they said unto his disciples, How is it that he eateth and drinketh with publicans and sinners? Boy, if only they knew. Jesus accepts us. You know that old saying? We sing the song, Come as you are, just as you are, without one plea, that thy blood was shed for me. Jesus does want us to come exactly as we are. But when we come to him, he will not and does not expect us to stay that way. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 5.17, If any man be in Christ, he is what? A new creature in Christ Jesus. Jesus makes things new. He turned Matthew into a new person. Changed him from Levi to Matthew, from a giver or from a taker to a giver. This morning, the question must be asked Has Jesus Christ made you new? Look at your life. Look at your desires. Look at your wants. Look at your lifestyle. Is there any difference in the life you're living now? than the life you was living before your so-called profession of faith in Christ? If there's absolutely no difference, then you need to come to the realization you never met Christ. I've used this illustration before, and I'm going to use it again because I like it, and I'm not very original. (laughs) But I heard it used once. If I was to come in running late, like I usually am, <laughs> and I was to come in, my my you know clothes be disheveled, and I come in and I and I start telling everybody I'm sorry I'm late, but man I was I was on my way here and uh, a, the lug nuts came loose on my van and the tire came off and I had to I had to had to stop and I had to change that tire. But while I was changing the tire, a lug nut rolled out into the middle of the road. I needed that lug nut, so I ran out into the middle of the road, and I bent down to pick up that lug nut, and what I did, as I was standing up, an 18-wheeler came by and just ran right into me. But fortunately, I got that tire changed, and here I am. You would look at me like I was crazy, wouldn't you? And I would, and, and perhaps I would say, what, what's so crazy about that? And you would say, nothing can withstand the impact of something as big as a semi-truck and not be changed in some shape. The question must be asked, is Jesus Christ bigger than a semi-truck? You can't come into the contact of a holy God without somehow being changed. 
So I ask you to do some soul searching this morning. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you and convict you and, and point out that maybe, just maybe, you need to be changed. You need a new heart. You need a new uh, heart of flesh and he needs to remove that stony heart. He needs to change you and make you new from the inside out. A new creature is what you need to become. But then maybe you're here this morning and you know Christ. And you just need to just cry out and say, Lord God, thank you for making me new. And pour your heart out to him, thanking him that without him you would be nothing. I don't know how this is impacted. I didn't get to near the stuff that I wanted to this morning. Next week's coming. <laughs> and we'll see the rest. Jesus makes things new. He made Levi into a new person. Has he made you into a new person? So we stand to our feet for our final hymn of response. Pray with me. Thank you for joining us for our broadcast. I hope you'll join us again next time with Rick Clark Ministries.